is there a, a real chance to put tech companies or their executives in jail that would actually cause real change in the tech industry? Yeah, I think this is a important question. And the way I like to think about it is, why have we not seen a platform perp walk? So some people seem to believe that the reason why criminal enforcement in these situations where individuals are suffering tremendous amounts of harm isn't appropriate because of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, but that's a substantial misunderstanding of Section 230. Uh, Section 230 actually states, nothing in this section shall be construed to impair the enforcement of, and then it lists a couple specific provisions, but then adds, or any federal criminal statute. And it further clarifies that that same thing applies to state law. So there is a model that expects that platforms will be held accountable under federal and state criminal law. And so I think that then begs the question, why have we not seen it? And the additional question of what could be put in place so that we would have the right model so that people who are knowingly and willfully harming individuals and society could be punished as we expect that they are in other sectors. So there's actually two different models already in federal law for this. One is called the False Statements Act, and another is called the False Claims Act. And the False Statements Act, which applies anytime you have an individual that's falsifying or concealing information or making a materially false or fictitious statement could, could be subject to five years in prison. The False Claims Act actually goes further and provides an important opportunity for whistleblowers to bring these claims that could end up in criminal violations and a platform perp walk. That False Claims Act has not been applied yet to technology platforms, but we're talking now about what the models should be. And this idea of making certain that when organizations tell the government that they are going to be in compliance with existing laws, rules, and regulations, and when they do that fraudulently, that they could be criminally liable for that should be an important part of the model that people are looking at. So a platform perp walk would serve two purposes, I'm guessing. One is to actually put a someone who broke the law in jail, but the other is, boy, that would certainly get the attention of everybody else in the tech industry, right? Yeah, the, you would hope that it would then serve as a, a really important incentive for people to make sure that they understand with these platforms how they are causing harm to other individuals and to society. What about the guns don't kill people, people kill people argument? Uh, guns kill people when people are aiming them and, and firing them. So, uh, but the, Bob, I actually hate that analogy. Can we just not go with the guns sure. killing people analogy? Yeah, I, I hate it too, but I, it's, it's the quickest way to say what I think most tech companies would say, right? Which is, we just made the tool, we didn't do any harm. Yeah, I think if we're saying, if the tech company is saying, we just made the tool, we didn't do any harm, 
the law in many respects in this country and around the world holds people accountable and organizations accountable for the harms that are foreseeable that their actions create. And that's what we should be talking about here. We should talk, be talking about an obligation that these platforms have to avoid these foreseeable harms and to put the processes in place to understand them. I saw an example recently where people complained that Amazon was not only selling the ingredients necessary uh, for some folks to commit suicide, but in some cases their algorithm was actually uh, uh, collecting those ingredients together for an, an easier purchase. They got complaints about it and didn't react fast enough, and Congress is now looking into that. Is that the kind of thing you're, you're talking about? That would have been a foreseeable harm? Yeah, and we've seen these across a, a large variety of different harms, whether these are the harms to uh, young people on these platforms from eating disorders, depression, anxiety, these issues are around depression, and then the larger harms that we've seen to democracy. Some people might say, well, this is a bridge too far. We haven't done this in the technology industry. That's actually not true. We've done some very similar things. And, and I think this requires more examination of why they haven't worked and why the tools haven't been used. Two specifically that I wanna mention. One is many people are aware that there was a special agreement that was signed between the European Union and the United States to allow for the international transfer of data. It was originally called the safe harbor. It was updated to be called the privacy shield. People though don't realize that the certifications that needed to be filed on an annual basis under that, if they were done fraudulently, were actually subject to the False Statements Act. Also, the FTC consent orders that are put in place. We could take the Facebook consent orders from 2012 and then the one that was put in place in 2020 uh, when they were fined $5 billion for violating the 2012 order. They include provisions in it so that independent assessors are required to file reports with the Federal Trade Commission. So I think the, there are questions that should be out there that in situations where people have alleged that folks have violated the international data transfer provisions of the safe harbor, why were criminal charges not filed? And in when people are filing potentially false statements from FTC consent orders, or at least should there be more of an examination of whether some of those statements and reports that were filed with the FTC actually were false. And if there are reasons why neither one of those directly apply, I think the clear message here is that we should put something in place to use these tools to enable law enforcement to hold these organizations accountable. And the last really important thing about the False Claims Act that I think we should learn from is it has a very important additional provision, which is what we call key TAM lawsuits. What the False Claims Act allows us for organizations to file a, file a false claim with the government uh, for things like government contracting or, or some other claim where they're going to receive money or property from the government, whistleblowers can file the lawsuits themselves 
and can receive compensation then if it's successful and it's deemed to have been a false claim. For example, in 2019, there was a software company, Informatica, that had an employee who filed one of these claims and the employee whistleblower ended up receiving $4 million. These types of incentives for whistleblowers to be able to serve their important function where it's very hard for regulators to have the resources that are necessary to hold these platforms accountable could be a critical component in an, account an accountability model moving forward. Let me say that again. These KETAM lawsuits and whistleblower incentives could be a critical component of an accountability model moving forward. What's the closest thing that we've seen so far to a platform perp walk or even a, you know, a tech company executive facing jail time? I, I, frankly, I don't think we've seen anything that's been close yet because I don't think we've seen the will to move and take that step. I think we need to ask the question why that hasn't happened. We've seen lots of congressional hearings where executives come and apologize. I think we have to be asking, how often do executives get to keep coming forward and apologizing before we hold them accountable the way we hold other people in society accountable when they dramatically harm other people?